What is going on, guys? Welcome to So Many Options Podcast. I'm your host, Jason. Today, I got a special treat for everybody, okay? I was thinking forever about starting this podcast. I'm excited to do, do so. Uh, glad to have you with us if you're listening. Uh, thank you for clicking on here and uh, see what we're about. So, I was thinking forever, what could be the first episode to kickstart this podcast off? Well, I thought about it, thought about it, and then something came to my mind. I'm sure if you're, in, if you're in an investing circle or you've been in, you know, learning about the stock market or you've been in the stock market for a while, uh, you should have heard of this book, uh, at least once. I know I've, I've seen it probably over and over again. I don't know how many times. And so I thought, hey, why not start this podcast off by reading it? Uh, so I am going to read uh, for this episode the very first chapter of Trading in the Zone by Doug- Mark Douglas. Uh, and I just figured, hey, free read for you guys. You guys wouldn't have to download the book or get the book. Uh, if I read it to you, I know my voice is not the most appealing, <laughs> but hey, at least you get uh, you get to hear the book for free, you know. So hey, why not, right? Uh, so without further ado, let's get this podcast started. The shift to mental analysis if technical analysis works so well why would more and more of the trading community shift their focus from technical analysis of the market to mental analysis of themselves meaning their own individual trading psychology to answer this question you probably don't have to do anything more than ask yourself why you bought this book The most likely reason is that you're dissatisfied with the difference between what you perceive as the unlimited potential to make money and what you end up with on the bottom line. That's the problem with technical analysis if you want to call it a problem. Once you've learned to identify patterns and read the market, you find there are limitless opportunities to make money. But as I'm sure you already know, there could be a huge gap between what you understand about the markets and your ability to transform that knowledge into consistent profits or a steadily rising equity curve. Think about the number of times you've looked at a price chart and said to yourself, hmm, it looks like the market is going up or down as the case may be. And what you thought was going to happen actually happened but you did nothing except watch the market move while you anguished over all the money you could have made. There is a big difference between predicting that something will happen in the market and thinking about all the money you could have made and the reality of actually getting into and out of trades. I call this difference and others like it a psychological gap that can make trading one of the most difficult endeavors you could choose you could choose to undertake it's certainly one of the most mysterious to master the big question is can trading be mastered it is possible to experience trading with the same ease and simplicity 
implied when you are only watching the market and thinking about success as opposed to actually having to put on and take off trades. Not only is the answer an unequivocal yes, but that's also exactly what this book is designed to give you. The insight and understanding you need about yourself and about the nature of trading. So the result is that actually doing it becomes as easy, simple, and stress-free as when you are just watching the market and thinking about doing it. This may seem like a tall order, and to some of you it may even seem impossible, but it's not. There are people who have mastered the art of trading who have closed the gap between the possibilities available and their bottom line performance. But as you might expect, these winners are relatively relatively few in number compared with the number of traders who experience varying degrees of frustration all the way to extreme exasperation, wondering why they can't create the consistent success they so desperately desire. In fact, the differences between these two groups of traders, the consistent winners and everyone else, are analogous to the differences between the Earth and the Moon. The Earth and the Moon are both celestial bodies that exist in the same solar system, so they do have something in common. But they are as different in nature and characteristics as night and day. By the same token, anyone who puts on the trade can claim to be a trader, but when you compare the characteristics of a the handful of consistent winners with the characteristics of most other traders, you'll find they're also as different as night and day. If going to the moon represents consistent success as a trader, we can say that getting to the moon is possible. The journey is extremely difficult, and only a handful of people have made it. From our perspective here on Earth, the moon is usually visible every night, and it seems so close that we can just reach out and touch it. T- trading successfully feels the same way. On any given day, week, or month, the markets make available vast amounts of money to anyone who has the capacity to put on a trade. Since the markets are in consistent motion, this money is also consistently flowing, which makes the possibilities for success greatly magnified and seemingly within your grasp. I use the word seemingly to make it an important distinction between the two groups of traders. For those who have learned how to be consistent or have broken through what I call the threshold of consistency. The money is not only within the grasp, that they can virtually take it at will. I'm sure that some will find this statement shocking or difficult to believe, but it is true. There are some limitations, but for the most part, money flows into the accounts of these traders with such ease and effortlessness that it literally boggles most people's minds. However, for the traders who have not evolved into the select group, the word seemingly means exactly what it implies. It seems as if the consistency or ultimate success they desire is at hand or within their grasp, just 
before it slips away or evaporates before their eyes time and time again. The only thing about trading that is consistent with this group is emotional pain. Yes, they certainly have moments of elation, but it is not an exaggeration to say that most of the time they are in a state of fear, anger, frustration, anxiety, disappointment, betrayal, and regret. So what separates these two groups of traders? Is it intelligence? Are the consistent winners just plain smarter than everyone else? Do they work harder? Or are they better analysis? Or do they have success to better trading systems? Do they possess inherent personality characteristics that make it easier for them to deal with the intense pressures of trading? All of these possibilities sound quite plausible, except when you consider that most of the trading industry's failures are also some of society's brightest and most accomplished people. The largest group of consistent losers is composed primarily of doctors, lawyers, engineers, scientists, CEOs, wealthy retirees, and entrepreneurs. Furthermore, most of the industry's best market analogists are the worst traders imaginable. Intelligence and good market analysis can certainly contribute to success, but they are not the defining factors that separate the consistent winners from everyone else. Well, if it isn't intelligence or better analysis, then what could it be? Having worked with some of the best and some of the worst traders in the business and having helped some of the, of the worst become some of the best, I can state without a doubt that there are specific reasons why the best traders consistently outperform everyone else. If I had to distill all of the reasons down to one, I would simply say that the best traders think differently from the rest. I don't know that does I know that doesn't sound very profound, but it does have profound implications if you consider what it means to think differently. To one degree or another, all of us think differently from everyone else. We may not always be mindful of this fact. It seems natural to assume that other people share our perceptions and interpretations of events. In fact, this assumption continues to seem valid until we find ourselves in a basic fundamental disagreement with someone about something we both experienced. Other than our physical features, the way we think is what makes us unique probably even more unique than our physical features do. Let's go back to traders. What is different about the way the best traders think as opposed to how those who are still struggling think? While the markets can be described as an er arena of endless opportunities, they simultaneously confront the individual with some of the most sustained adverse psych psychological conditions you can expose yourself to. At some point, everyone who trades learns something about the markets that will indicate when opportunities exist. But learning how to identify an opportunity to buy or sell does not mean that you have learned to think like a trader. The defining characteristic 
that separates the consistent winners from everyone else is this. The winners have attained a mindset, a unique set of attitudes that allows them to remain disciplined, focused, and above all, confident in spite of the adverse conditions. As a result, they are no longer susceptible to the common fears and training areas that plague everyone else. Everyone who trades ends up learning something about the markets. Very few people who trade ever learn the attitudes that are absolutely essential to becoming a consistent winner. Just as people can learn to perfect the proper technique for swinging a golf club or tennis racket, (coughs) their consistency or lack of it will without a doubt come from their attitude. Traders who make it beyond the threshold of consistency usually experience a great deal of pain, both emotional and financial, before they acquire the kind of attitude that allows them to function effectively in the market environment. The rare exceptions are usually those who were born into successful trading families or who started their own their trading careers under the guidance of someone who understood the true nature of trading and just as important knew how to teach it. Why are emotional pain and financial disaster common among traders? The simple answer is that most of us were fortunate enough to start our, our trading careers with the proper guidance. However, The reasons go much deeper than this. I have spent the last 17 years dissecting the psychological dynamics between trading trading, so that I could develop effective methods for teaching the principles of success. What I've discovered is that trading is chock full of paradoxes and contradictions in thinking that make it extremely difficult to learn how to be successful. In fact, if I had to choose one word that encapsulates the nature of trading, it would be paradox. According to the dictionary, a paradox is something that seems to have contradictory qualities or that is contrary to common belief or what generally makes sense to people. Financial and emotional disaster are common among traders because many of the perspectives, attitudes, and principles that would otherwise make perfect sense and work quite well in our daily lives have the opposite effect in the trading environment. They just don't work. Not knowing this makes traders start their careers with a fundamental lack of understanding of what it means to be a trader. The skills that are involved and the depth to which those skills need to be developed. Here is a prime example of what I am talking about. Trading is inherently risky. To my knowledge, no trade has a guaranteed outcome. Therefore, the possibility of being wrong and losing money is always present. So when you put on a trade, can you consider yourself a risk taker? Even though this may sound like a trick question, it is not. The logical answer to the question is unequivocally yes. If I engage in an activity that is inherently risky, then I must be a risk taker. This is perfectly reasonable assumption for any trader to make. 
In fact, not only do virtually all traders make this assumption, but most traders take pride in thinking of themselves as risk takers. The problem is that this assumption couldn't be further from the truth. Of course, any trader is taking a risk when you put on a trade, but that doesn't mean you, that you are correspondingly accepting that risk. In other words, all trades are risky because the outcomes are probable, not guaranteed. But do most traders really believe that they are taking a risk when they put on a trade? Have they really accepted that the trade has a non-guaranteed probable outcome? Furthermore, have they fully accepted the possible consequences? The answer is no. Most traders have absolutely no concept of what it means to be a risk taker in the way of successful traders thinks about risk. The best traders not only take risk, they have also learned to accept and embrace that risk. There is a huge psychological gap between assuming you are a risk taker because you put on trades and fully accepting the risk inherent leads trade. When you fully accept the risk, it will have profound implications on your bottom line performance. The best traders can put on a trade without the slightest bit of hesitation or conflict and just as freely and without hesitation or conflict admit it isn't working. They can get out of the trade even with a loss and doing so doesn't resonate the slightest bit of emotional discomfort. In other words, the risk inherent in trading do not cause the best traders to lose their discipline, focus, or sense of confidence. If you are unable to trade without the slightest bit of emotional discomfort, specifically fear, then you have not learned how to accept the risk inherent in trading. This is a big problem because it, to whatever degree you haven't accepted the risk, is the same degree to which you will avoid the risk. Trying to avoid something that is unavoidable will have disastrous effects on your ability to trade successfully. Learning to truly accept the risk in any endeavor can be difficult, but it is extremely difficult for traders especially considering what's at stake. What are we generally most afraid of besides dying or public speak speaking? Certainly, losing money and being wrong both rank close to the top of the list. Admitting we are wrong and losing money to boot can be extremely painful and certainly something to avoid. Yet, as traders, we are confronted with these two possibilities virtually every moment we are in a trade. Now you might be saying to yourself, apart from the fact that it hurts so much, it's natural to not want to be wrong and lose something. Therefore, it's appropriate for me to do whatever I can to avoid it. I agree with you. But it is also this natural tendency that makes trading, which looks like it should be easy, extremely difficult. Trading presents us with a fundamental paradox. How do we remain disciplined, focused, and confident in the face of consistent uncertainty? 
when you have learned how to think like a trader, that's exactly what you'll be able to do. Learning how to redefine your trading activities in a way that allows you to completely accept the risk is the key to thinking like a successful trader. Learning to accept the risk is a trading skill, the most important skill you can learn. Yet, it's a dare that developing traders focus any attention or expand any effort to learn to it. When you learn the trading skill of risk acceptance, the market will not be able to generate information that you define or interpret as painful. If the information the market generates doesn't have the potential to cause you emotional pain, there's nothing to avoid. It is just information telling you what the possibilities are. This is called an objective perspective, one that is not skewed or disheartened by what you are afraid is going to happen or not happen. I'm sure there isn't one trader reading this book who hasn't gotten into trades too soon. Before the market has actually generated a signal, or too late, long after the market has generated a signal. What traders hasn't convinced themselves not to take a loss, and as a result, had it turned into a bigger one, or got out of winning trades too soon, or found himself in winning trades but didn't take any profits at all, then... And then let the trades turn into losers or moved stop losses closer to his entry point. Only to get stopped out and have the market go back in his direction. These are but a few of the many errors traders perpetuate upon themselves time and time again. These are not market-generated errors. That is, these errors do not come from the market. The market is neutral in the sense that it moves and generates information about itself. Movement and information provide each of us with the opportunity to do something, but that's all. The market doesn't, don't have any power over the unique way in which each of us perceives and interprets this information or control the decisions and actions we take as a result. The errors I already mentioned and many more are strictly the result of what I call faulty trading attitudes and perspectives. Faulty attitudes that foster fear instead of trust and confidence. I don't think I could put the difference between the consistent winners and everyone else more simply than this. The best traders aren't afraid. They aren't afraid because they developed attitudes that give them the greatest degree of mental flexibility to flow in and out of trades based on what the market is telling them about the possibilities from its perspective. At the same time, the best traders have developed attitudes that prevent them from getting reckless. Everyone else is afraid to some degree or another. When they're not afraid, they have the tendency to become reckless and to create the kind of experience for themselves that will cause them to be afraid from that point on.
95% of the trading errors you are likely to make, causing the money to just evaporate before your eyes, will stem from your attitudes about being wrong, losing money, missing out, and leaving money on the table. What I call the four primary trading fears. Now you may be saying to yourself, I don't think about this. I've always thought traders should have a healthy fear of the markets. Again, this is perfectly logical and reasonable assumption. But when it comes to trading, your fears will act against you in such a way that you will cause the very thing you are afraid of to actually happen. If you're afraid of being wrong, your fear will act upon your perception of market information in a way that will cause you to do something that ends up making you wrong. When you are fearful, no other possibilities exist. You can't perceive other possibilities or act on them properly, even if you did manage to perceive them, because fear is immobilizing. Physically, it causes us to freeze or run. Mentally, it causes us to narrow or focus of attention to the object of our fear. This means that thoughts about other possibilities as well as other available information from the market get blocked. You won't think about all the rational things you've learned about the market until you are no longer afraid and the event is over. When you will think to yourself, I knew that. Why didn't I think of it then? Or why couldn't I act on it then? It's extremely difficult to perceive that the source of these problems is our own inappropriate attitudes. That's what makes fear so insidious. Many of the things, thinking patterns that adversely affect our trading are a function of the natural ways in which we are brought up to think and see the world. These thinking patterns are so deeply ingrained that it rarely occurs to us that the source of our trading difficulties is internal, derived from our state of mind. Indeed, it seems much more natural to see the source of the problem as external in the market because it feels like the market is causing our pain, frustration, and dissatisfaction. Obviously, these are abstract concepts and certainly not something most traders are going to concern themselves with. Yet understanding the relationship between beliefs, attitudes, and perception is a fundamental to trading as learning how to serve is to tennis, or as learning how to swing a club is to golf. Put another way, understanding and controlling your perception of market information is important, only to the extent that you want to achieve consistent results. I say this because there is something else about trading that is true as the statement I just made. You don't have to know anything about yourself or the markets to put on a winning trade, just as you don't have to put know the proper way to swing a tennis racket or golf club in order to hit a good shot from time to time. The first time I played golf, I hit several good shots, 
throughout the game, even though I hadn't learned any particular particular technique, but my score was still over 120 for 18 holes. Obviously, to improve my overall score, I needed to learn technique. Of course, the same is true for training. We need technique to achieve consistent consistency. But what technique? This is truly one of the most perplexing aspects of learning how to trade effectively. If we aren't aware of or don't understand how our beliefs and attitudes affect our perception of market information, it will seem as if it is the market's behavior that is causing the lack of consistency. As a result, it would stand to reason that the best way to avoid losses and become consistent would be to learn more about the markets. This bit of logic is a trap that almost all traders fall into at some point, and it seems to make perfect sense. But this approach doesn't work. The market simply offers too many often conflicting variables to consider. Furthermore, there are no limits to the market's behavior. It can do anything at any moment. As a matter of fact, because every person who trades is a market variable, it can be said that any single trader can cause virtually anything to happen. This means that no matter how much you learn about the market's behavior, no matter how brilliant an analyst you become, you will never learn enough to anticipate every possible way that the market can make you wrong or cause you to lose money. So if you are afraid of being wrong or losing money, it means you will never learn enough to compensate for the negative effects these fears will have on your ability to be objective and your ability to act without hesitation. In other words, you won't be confident in the face of consistent uncertainty. The hard, the hard, cold reality of trading is that every trade is an uncertain outcome. Unless you learn to completely accept the possibility of an uncertain outcome, you will try either consciously or unconsciously to avoid any possibility you define as painful. In the process, you will subject yourself to any number of self-generated costly errors. Now, I am not suggesting that we don't need some form of market analysis or methodology to define opportunities and allow us to re recognize them. We certainly do. However, market analysis is not the path to consistent results. It will not solve the trading problems created by lack of confidence, lack of dif discipline, and improper focus. When you operate from the assumption that more or better analysis will create consistency, you will be driven to gather as many market variables as possible into your arsenal of trading tools. But what happens then? You are still disappointed and betrayed by the markets time and time again because of something you didn't see or give enough consideration to. It will feel like you can't trust the markets 
but the reality is you can't trust yourself. Confidence and fear are contradictory states of mind that both stem from our beliefs and attitudes. To be confident, functioning in an environment where you can easily lose more than you intend to risk requires absolute trust in yourself. However, you won't be able to achieve that trust until you have trained your mind to override your natural inclination to think in ways that are counterproductive to being a consistently successful trader. Learning how to analyze the market's behavior is simply not the appropriate training. You have two choices. You can try to eliminate risk by learning about as many market variables as possible. I call this the black hole of analysis because it is the path of ultimate frustration. Or you can learn how to redefine your trading activities in such a way that you truly accept the risk and you are no longer afraid. When you've achieved a state of mind where you truly accept the risk, you won't have the potential to define and interpret market information in painful ways. When you eliminate the potential to define market information in painful ways, you also eliminate the tendency to rationalize, hesitate, jump the gun, hope that the market will give you money, or hope that the market will save you from your inability to cut your losses. As long as you are susceptible to the kind of errors that are the result of rationalizing, justifying, hesitating, hoping, and jumping, jumping the gun, you will not be able to trust yourself. If you can't trust yourself to be objective and to always act in your own best interest, achieving consistent results will be next to impossible. Trying to do something that looks so simple may well be the most exasperating thing you will ever attempt to do. The irony is that when you have the appropriate attitude, when you have acquired a trader's mindset and can remain con- confident in the face of con- constant uncertain- constant uncertainty, trading will be as easy and simple as you probably thought it was when you first started out. So what is the solution? You will need to learn how to adjust your attitudes and beliefs about trading in such a way that you can trade without the slightest bit of fear, but at the same time, Keep a framework in place that does not allow you to become reckless. That's exactly what this book is designed to teach you. As you move ahead, I would like you to keep something in mind. The successful trader that you want to become is a future projection of yourself that you have to grow into. Growth implies expansion, learning, and creating a new way of expressing yourself. This is true, even if you're already a successful trader and are reading this book to become more successful. Many of the new ways in which you will learn to express yourself will be in direct conflict with ideas and beliefs you presently hold about the nature of trading. You may or may not already be aware of some of these beliefs. In any case, what you currently hold to be true about the nature of trading will argue to keep things just the way they are 
in spite of your frustrations and unsatisfying results. These internal arguments are natural. My challenge in this book is to help you resolve these arguments as efficiently as possible. Your willingness to consider that other possibilities exist, possibilities that you may not be aware of or may not have given enough consideration to, will obviously make the learning process faster and easier. End of chapter one.